Ricardo. Welcome everyone to a brand new edition of the Swift Kicks podcast. I'm Alex and with me as always are Ben and Steve. Before we start, please like, share and subscribe to this podcast and leave a five star review. So I went to California for a few days and it seems like the footballing world went totally mad. We've had a Super League and now it seems the people have taken back the people's game and the Super League is all but dead. But really, it's probably not. We're going to definitely get into all of that. There's been a lot of talk about how young people don't like watching soccer. Games need to be shorter, corporate greed, all of that. Oh, by the way, Jose Mourinho was let go by Spurs. A 29-year-old has now taken over. It's also very quiet as well on the Celtic manager front. Steve's going to weigh in on that. Also, Brendan Rodgers broke the very long-lasting Swift Kicks podcast curse, making it to the FA Cup final along with Chelsea. And Newcastle look like a side who can actually remain in the Premier League. Steve Bruce still undefeated in the last three games and forever in his mind. Let's get started, though, here, boys. Ben, I know you were deeply following the Super League developments. Take us through what happened. All right, I'm going to first off stop you there because you left out the most important news of the week. Man United have narrowed the Premier League title race uh, gap down to eight points. Uh, that is the big headline that everyone is reading. Given they were still available to finish the league. Yeah, yeah easy there, killer um jk so let's let's get into it right like we've been purposely boycotting and pushing off putting out this podcast early because i think we wanted to make sure we had the full picture my goal is to explain it to you as if you're a three-year-old because that's my comprehension um so first and foremost a bunch of teams were frustrated at the way the finances are shaking out from a reshuffle of the uefa champions league that's set to set place in 2024 with that being said, secretively, a coup had been going on, what appears to be largely led by Manchester United's ownership, to basically start the Super League and not invite anyone that's not their friends. It, the gist of it is it's a money grab, and the fans are not having it. Um, Gary Neville has become a man of the people and is likely in the running for the next prime minister as a result <laughs> of him leading an uprising of, of the people to win back the football and I think what happened was you have a handful of Americans trying to Americanize a very deep-rooted sport in England. And as a result, they doubted the people and the people spoke up. You know, I'm going to hand it over to Steve to fill in the dots of the who's who behind all of this. And then we'll probably get into a couple of opinions and we'll play the game called hashtag trigger Steve. <sighs> I am going to start off with a disclaimer. I'm going to do my absolute best to not swear or resort, resort to shouting and no promises on either of these. What has happened in the past 48 hours has been some of the tum most tumultuous and craziest stuff I think that has happened in the footballing world within the past easily 30, 40 I dare say even longer and, and to fully gauge the severity of what happened. Yes. Ben, Ben, Ben summed it up in a few sentences there. Yes. A bunch of rich ownerships of, of big clubs in Europe wanted to break away and form their own league because they weren't happy with the amount of money they were going to be receiving from the champions league, but it's so. Let, let so me just much step more. in real quick. So the, there were 12 teams announced with 15 spots available. So the super league, let's get to the facts, right? So the 15 teams, three of the spots were still vacant. Six of the teams were Premier League teams. They were the so-called big six minus Leicester. 
So Manchester United, Man City, Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool, and who am I missing? Chelsea. We're all set to basically move away from the UEFA Champions League and into this uh, uh, Super League. Some of the other European teams were Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus. Mm-hmm. So th- basically, that was your in- initial 12 teams to start this this group. They were set to play every other week, um, which is honestly some clickbait that I would have clicked on. You're telling me that Juventus will play Man United every other week? I'd probably watch. Um, but what we're seeing is th- out of those 12 teams, they left three spots available. And I have a feeling those three spots were earmarked for two German clubs and one French club. And those three clubs did not agree, and they've openly said that they disagreed with it. So on Sunday, around, I don't know, 12 o'clock noon, the news broke during the Man United game that this had this was happening. So basically they had said that they wanted this to, to kind of start. It was the clubs recognizing that they are a draw and they have a sense of power. That being said, what followed next was thousands of fans fled to the stadiums during COVID times and took back their clubs pretty much. Um, I think that's a good gist of the facts of who's where, when, and now here we are uh, later on in the week. All six Premier League teams have officially pulled out of the Super League, and I don't want to say they've apologized, but they've kind of stepped back and withdrawn their entry to the Super League. It's so far from an to apology. Add, to add a little bit more on to that, <laughs> yeah. To add a little bit more on to that, sorry to, to interject here, but the, 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 it was initially going to be 20 teams, 20 teams, two groups of 10. 15 teams were going to be by birthmite or the grace of God or whoever you want to, the grace of Florentino Perez, I suppose. These teams were going to be subject to this league and have no repercussions, no worries about having to be relegated, having to qualify the status of these teams in this league and the status of the revenue they were going to be generating every single year was guaranteed. The remaining five places were going to be up for qualification based on sporting merit, subject to the rest of Europe. How you want to cram in the rest of Europe into five remaining spots, that's laughable, in my opinion. Also, uh, just the, the financial repercussions... These teams were thinking that they could rake in. I mean, just for signing this letter of intent to say that they were going to be part of this league, which was going to be a 23-year commitment. These teams were signing up for a European Super League for the next 23 years. They were going to get a signing on bonus of 300 million, I think, 300 million currencies, euros, pounds, whatever, a fat sum of cash. And these leagues and these teams were expecting to be able to play into play in this European Super League midweek and then have all this revenue and be able to also strut their stuff in their respective domestic leagues. And then on the flip side of that, these clubs, like, for example, the FA, the FA is the football association. So the English footballing pyramid, the Premier League, the championship, League One, League Two, non-league grassroots football, so on and so forth, everything from top to bottom. The revenue the Premier League generates trickles downward to support grassroots football and lower league football so that nothing dies. Everything is sustainable. It's a, it's, it's a, 
it's not a flawless model, but it is a model that has has sustained the, 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 the bottom leagues thus far. And in the midst of a pandemic, a, a pandemic with COVID-19 and the financial repercussions that these lower league clubs have been, have been facing, all of these clubs are furloughing, furloughing players. They are letting staff go, taking out grants, taking out loans, trying to stay afloat. Some of these clubs are on the very edge of closing their, door, their doors for good. All their history their communities, the foundations which they've been built on are on the verge of succumbing due to this pandemic. And these clubs have the absolute audacity, not clubs, the owners, because hmm. the managers and the players don't even know about this until it broke with like the rest of us. But they were going to take their, their, their revenue from the respective domestic leagues, take it away and go into this European Super League and also just amplify by the nth power their revenue. It's just no matter which way, you, financially, morally, ethically, historically with, the, with this, the, the communities that these clubs come from, everything about this reeks of just capitalistic greed from all of these foreign owners, from American, American groups, trying to come in and, and, and Americanize European sport from Middle Eastern interests, from Russian oil oil owners. It's just, it's disgusting. It's, so it's, I think there's a couple of things that Steve said that we need to just clean up because I recognize for some of you, you turn to us for some godforsaken reason for all your yeah. news we're still trying to figure that out so the pyramid of soccer right when we say that that's not the pyramid of a top-down kind of scheme it's more of the pyramid of soccer is how you climb up to it so it's not pyramid right. in the sense of like pyramid scheme and i, I want to make that as elementary as possible because it's important to know that as you're trying to make heads or tails of this because this isn't going to happen yeah. in a bubble so this isn't happening just in this sport It'll trickle over to college sports probably next. That's my guess. So I think you're going to see more of this coming up as people want change and try implement innovation. Yeah. I, I think in the essence of competition in fair, fair play sports, I want to start off by saying all athletes compete for the sake of competing, which is really my knock on the MLS is that you have the ability to earn your way up and earn your way into a position of dominance and that's sports, right? And yes, there are some clubs that have more money than others. And yes, that does influence the game. You'll look at city in the early two thousands flipping their team's fortune on its head by being bought out. I don't think in a, in a capital environment and in a, you know, pro business organizations like sports, really, we can say that's right or wrong. What I think we need to take a moment and pause is, is acknowledge some of the situation. We're worried about the little guy, yes, but if I'm sitting in Barcelona's seat right now and I'm being told by UEFA that I have to play more games more frequently and I keep telling you that's not okay and my debt is going up and up and up with no means to make money, at some point, I'm going to have to take actions to make sure my club is sustainable. My fans expect me to put superstars in jerseys. My fans expect me to be able to pay these wages. 
and I don't want to lose these players and I'm in debt and my business is going to go under if I follow the rules that are currently in place. So what do I do? Do I say, okay, UEFA, we'll figure it out. I'll sell some players off and I'll have a run of poor performance and never know when your business is going to go back to where it is. Or do you say, no, this is a business. We have the power here. Hang on a second. There's purchasing power amongst the 15 best clubs in Europe. None of us want to play this model and UEFA and FIFA are just holding their thumb over us. We actually have power here and we're going to stand up for the players in the clubs to help generate money into these clubs. So the fans get what they want. So I can see the lens of a, pro club owner needing to change the way it is. They're not happy. And for us to sit here and say that FIFA and UEFA are coming in and having any essence of ethics or real, you know, clean backgrounds is just laughable. Not what I'm saying at all either. I know, but I mean, like they're what right-handed saying, as well. Right. But the thing is though, they, they've created this. hundred percent. Why should we be mad at owners of clubs? For doing what they think is best to sustain their clubs for I agree. the fans. And then also, if FIFA and UEFA are that passionate about it, maybe they take some input. Maybe they start regenerating revenue into those clubs because those clubs, yes, they, they are much bigger than the small clubs that also need help. But it's getting to a place where it's not scalable. You can't scale to bail out a, a 1.2 billion euro debt with the new UEFA model. It might help Celtic. It might help, you know, some of those lower level teams, but it's not scalable to the big businesses that are Man United, Man City, Chelsea, these big clubs that operate as mega clubs and the fans expect it. You know what I mean? Like it, I think it's done out of the right essence. And until FIFA start kind of cracking down on their own issues, I, I take I take issue with them being like, this is wrong. They shouldn't have involved politicians in this. This is a club and it's an internal business problem. And it sounds like they weren't given a leg to stand on. So the clubs took it to their themselves. Alex, you got something you want to add? I just think, I guess it's a little bit devil's advocate, but yeah, I agree with you that, you know, as, as a fan, you always expect your club to be the biggest, you want them to be the biggest, best thing on the world, the most totally dominant thing. It's fun to watch, you know, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you're always going to follow your club, even if they do fall into financial dismal despair. I mean, look at what happened with Leeds. You know, I think in, in a way it almost made fans stronger, you know, had a stronger connection with the team and wanted to see them again build up back to that former glory. Um but at the same time, too, you know, this was just sort of the worst PR campaign ever. Um, was it Florento Perez from uh, Florentino Perez, Perez from Real Madrid, who basically seemed to be, along with Manchester United, sort of the catalyst of all this and said that he needed to save football. And part of the reason that he brought that up was that he said, you know, kids, I think his age group was 16 to 24 aren't watching 90 minute soccer games. Okay. Uh, I didn't really see any like pie charts or bar graphs or anything, you know, like proving that, you know, over it's just time. Deflection tactics. It's just yes. deflection tactics. Yeah. So probably right though. Well, like, okay. But if he is again, worst PR campaign in history, if he right. is put all that information out there, talk to the fans of the club and say, listen, <laughs> you know, we're thinking about these changes 
you know, this needs to be a discussion of something that may happen in five years time or something like that. If that's really how they were going to go about it, because, you know, it all comes down to TV rights money and everything like that. And that's how they earn their money. But he had to make it make sense. And yes. he didn't do that. Yeah. You had to, if you want to, if you want to do something so radical, you have to make that make yes. sense to the masses yeah. and doing it under the cloak of darkness on Sunday night. Yeah. Taking the world by complete surprise yeah. and just saying, this is what's happening. Spoiler alert, not the best way to do it. Yeah. Right. But like, so just take sports as a whole because sports viewership is down dramatically. Internet, unfortunately, technology is, is likely to be the fault for that. They're saying baseball might not have enough involvement to have a professional league in the next 20 years. Like it's sports as a whole is taking that impact of viewership, right? It's not necessarily because of, I don't know that for sure. That or the other. There's, there's a lot out on, we can get into that another day, but my point to that is along the lines of like, yeah, that is a terrible PR campaign, <laughs> right? Like we can't use that as, as our, like the fall on the, I mean, the cost of getting relegated, like you want to look at leads and what they're trying to control is really, again, you're missing out on 60 in the Premier League, you're missing out on about 60 million pounds on just TV rights a year if you get relegated out of the Premier League. I actually thought it was more than that, to be honest, but it's a lot. Yeah. That's the, but that's just, just TV, right? Okay. That's just the TV. Your tickets take a hit. Everything else takes a hit. Your jersey sales take a hit, right? So like everything else follows suit. So people are trying to protect that. And it's not that I didn't like necessarily agree with the the ethos behind it and think it would, I do think it would greatly devalue the sport overall, but like that has sailed. <laughs> like this is just clubs realizing their value and saying, if we want to be able to maintain it the way we are, we have to take care of, take care of our own. We have so many other problems that are impacting the sports viewership, stopping the sport every five minutes to review a call, for instance, like there's a lot of stuff that that's really weighing in there. And to be honest with you, I, I think the club's, this isn't the end of this conversation. This, no, this is, is the, the absolute beginning. This is the right. beginning. But I think there's got to be a way that they go about handling it in a way that makes it more include. Like it shouldn't be the team. You need a third party to come in and really weigh in on what to do next. And you can't have clubs who are going to be biased looking out for themselves, which is what I'm saying they're doing. To, to kind of do that. So either we need to look at the structure as a whole, maybe evaluate a player salary cap as a starting point to kind of prevent clubs from getting in financial dires that they're already in, or, or maybe UEFA has less power and teams all have representation to help move these things forward. I, I don't know. The, the trend, the, the, just the trend of, of corporate ownership has has carried too far has gone on too far since the reformation of the Premier League and the Champions League in 93 and 92 this ben ben said this before and he's 100% right this is what we're seeing now is the 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 the, the consequences of the actions that were taken before how can, in a, in a sense how can we be surprised that these business owners want to come protect their assets and doing that is having a safety net of never being able to be relegated, controlling the TV rights, controlling the league, controlling every facet of it, but still putting on a mask of, Hey, this is still sport. There's this is we're saving football. 
how can we be surprised? It's gone too far where the fans don't have enough say in it. And I, and I commend the, the German teams, Dortmund and, and Bayern Munich, just the German setup of having the 50 plus one rule, which is clubs in Germany are owned by at least 51% of, by the fans. Meaning that when things start taking a left turn, the fans can put their foot down and be like, nah, that can't run. That's, that's not going to happen. And we've been complicit in, 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 in negligent of watching these, these, the, the Glazers, uh, Kroenke, all these people, Abramovich, you know, yeah, they've been bringing some titles. They've been bringing in some success. There've been some players we've gotten, you know, we've got money now. We've got all these things, high risk, high reward, all these different things, but it's been, it's been, it's been handled so shadily. I don't even know if that's a word, but it is now to the point where it's, it's gotten to this and Ben's right. This is hundred percent the start of the conversation. Where do we go from here? Because there's no way people have been saying all over social media that this is the day that we saved football. This is the day that we almost let it go. And we have to realize that and move forward with whether that's like a reshuffling more, more rights. Like the clubs have more, more rights. Like Ben said in the, in the champions league, uh, I think a 50 plus one rule, having uh, just that safety net of having the fans own majority of their clubs is an excellent way to go to keep people honest. Just in my, in my, in the back of my head, I just want to wipe the whole clean slate or the whole slate clean, get rid of all of them, all of the foreign, the foreign ownerships. Like I've seen, there was doing interviews with like uh, the chairman of Crystal Palace, who's been a fan of, he's been a fan of the club since he was four, lived in the area, grown up and is now the chairman. And, and seeing stories like that is, is I think what football has lost. And you don't really hear about that anymore. And yeah, Crystal, go ahead. Blame on ownership and see ownership come in, right? Like I, I've got a question for Alex in a second, but like Man United owners, while I think this was brash and they overlooked the power of the people in England, like, I'm going to pick on the Glaziers because they are American. I, this isn't an American or foreign thing. This is a money thing, right? Money. Yeah, I mean, money it comes down to money. All borders, right? But the Glaziers really, like if the Buccaneers did that, right? Aren't the Buccaneers like a post-franchise team, like a team that moved to Florida at some point? I'm, not I'm going to choose sure. to believe that. I don't even know if it's true. But my point is if they, if the Buccaneers upped and left to Miami, people wouldn't care. The people would not care. There'd be like 150,000 fans somewhere that would blog about it online. And that cannot run not, in Europe. You would not, you would not have run. people in the streets looking for blood. Like lesson learned there. So like, I think there's something there. But my question is, Alex, does this change your thoughts on the, the buyout of Newcastle? Well, so it's kind of interesting that you brought that up because uh, it's almost ironic where it's sort of both conversations that you guys are having right now where these billionaire owners for lack of a better word uh, in some cases, trillionaire owners trying to buy Newcastle, you know, they want to come in, they want to buy the club. They want to use it as an investment tool as something to, you know, broaden whatever they're selling. But when I believe her name's Amanda Stelvey, businesswoman who was part of the consortium working along the Saudi private investment fund trying to buy Newcastle, came out and said that there is a cartel within the Premier League right now that will not let anything happen. 
she was basically laughed off and told that she was crazy. You know, that's not how it works. And it's like slow leaks over time. Information comes out about what actually happened. And then this happens and it's like, oh my God, (laughs) there's six clubs basically trying to do their own little thing and they don't want anybody else to come in and ruin that for them. So in my mind, she's absolutely right. But then again, she's a foreign businesswoman who wants to just come in and basically, like I said, use the club as an investment tool. And I think in a way, like, yeah, we were super excited about that, right? Because it's absolutely ridiculous to be owned by, you know, a fund that has basically unlimited monies and, you know, the, the runaway thoughts of, you know, we could buy anybody in the world and be like this super dominant team. And I think as a fan that like really excites you, no matter who it is coming in, you know, as we all, as fans of the game, as fans of teams, we want our teams to be successful. We want them to, you know, sky's the limit for them. We want them to do everything every year, win every trophy, have all the glory. But with the glory also comes the history and the past of the team and the reason that you support the team. I support Newcastle, even though most of the games I've watched them in, they've lost, (laughs) even the big games. I still love the history of the club. I still love, you know, I've been on tours of the stadium. I've been on tours where they, you know, told me all the history of the players, of the managers, of, you know, the people that shine the boots, you know, the, the beer company that was across the street, which was the longtime, you know, community. That's where everybody, everybody drank that beer. Everybody worked at that factory. You know, everybody went to go watch that game. Like, that story and everything is part of the reason why a lot of people will support a club. And there's always been a thought, I think in a lot of people's minds, not everyone's I'm sure, but in a lot of people's minds that these billionaire owners, again, for lack of a better word, didn't really feel part of that, you know, for Newcastle. I definitely don't think that Mike Ashley really loves (laughs) Newcastle. I think he just likes to use it as an advertisement (laughs) for sports direct. (laughs) Um, and as a fan, you know, you, you want these people to be sort of the custodians of your memories almost. You want them to be the, the people that make sure that that club has a future going forward. And financial is a huge part of what's going on right now in the game. The game has gotten bigger. Um, you know, the money pot has gotten larger. So theoretically, you need somebody that has that background that can, you know, manage all of that. But... They don't seem, again, if they don't have the the club's best interests in mind and they have their own interests in mind and they only think about the money, then they're not going to be moving forward in the way that the fans want. So I'd actually never heard of what was going on in Germany, Steve, with the 50 plus one deal. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, again, with Newcastle, because of everything that was happening with the club, there's sort of like this you know, grassroots effort to buy 1% of the club right now. You know, it's not 51%, but they're trying to buy 1% of of the club. Yeah. I'm a part of that 1%. (laughs) They're going to try and raise, I think it's like 30 million pounds and try to buy 1% of the club so that they can have a say, as minimal as it might be, they can have a say in what goes on in their club. And I believe Watford is one of the clubs. I, I remember watching a documentary on that where they 
they at least they have a major stake in what the happens at board meetings like the all board meetings are in front of a huge amount of fans and they have to weigh in and they have to accept everything that's going to be made in that decision going forward so even something like that you know there needs to be much more of a community level all of those reasons that you said that you support newcastle mm-hmm. and and this i mean this, every fan has their own story yeah. All these local, so like every, so when your state, when your when your team plays in a stadium, the forty thousand fans or well, however many fans that pack that stadium, the fans that are there that week are going to be the, basically the same fans there the next week, and week after and week after and week after. That's how it is in the European sport in the American franchises where the home and away, it's just everything's so far and distant, and that the stadiums I dare say are, are different every time. It's a completely different mix of people every single time. And these, these owners have decided that, that they value the global customer over the local fan. When the local fan were the ones that built the foundation, the community that what these clubs have been built upon, they've decided to trade that in. And I guarantee, I don't see any reports, this, but I absolutely guarantee that if this league had happened, you'd be seeing this European Super League, you'd be seeing games happen in Qatar, You'd be seeing games happen in like Miami. You'd be seeing games just outlandish places trying to reach every single corner of the world's pocket and replacing those fans with customers. I guarantee that would have been happening. Would you watch? No, 100% not. Because you know what's been sacrificed. You know what they've thrown away. Hundreds of years of, of history. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know what's funny is those the Super 12, or whatever you want to call them, I'm pretty sure all have academies in the U.S. now. But those aren't real academies. Like It's just presence. It's just presence. Right, brand it, presence. It's branding, right? But yeah. the thing is, though, is the word that you use is these, these franchises in the United States for sports. You couldn't use the word franchise in no. the in the prom. No. Right? That alone is, is, the, is the concern. But I, I do think sports – Honestly, I think you might be seeing a couple things happen. You might be seeing um, a generation of people who first started seeing everyone gets a trophy, which really devalues the merit of competition in sports, where like in England, if you lose, you get told you lost, do better. And I will tell you from experience, I've seen it firsthand that there's many a time when people will just expect their child to get all the rewards for just participating. And that's that's not what competition is. That's not what sports are about. Um, You're saying in America and the UK. I'm just saying, or just globally. in general, sports in general, globally, like sports. Okay, okay. It's okay. About the competition. It's about the. It's about the fact that there is a winner and a loser, right? Okay. And I think that is what was at risk. And I I know there's history there. I think there's going to be innovation coming. I think it's okay to embrace innovation. For me. It's about the opportunity for teams to win and be praised for winning. And when you lose, there are repercussions to it. That's comp- That's sports, right? Yeah. Don Garber, you listening? The <laughs> fact that six of the, 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 what should we call it? The six English teams that were going to this league, four of them are, are in the top six, but there's two of them that aren't, right? Like, Arsenal, Arsenal haven't made the Champions League in like, right. I don't know, since 2014. Tell me when's the last time Tottenham won the Premier League. Right. Right. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah. Right. But like, 
there's there's definitely opportunities to revisit how that's being done and i think the conversation's good to go i just honestly steve i think you're so upset because celtic weren't included because is that what happened here? like if a scottish team was included would you feel better alex did you tell him <laughs> i was in california i don't know i didn't know okay <laughs> i the, by the way very hard to be a sports fan in california <laughs> just throwing that out there so for any unless listeners for out there fan. uh thanks for listening to unless, us unless you got a plug of news on the east coast yeah <laughs> we know you're listening fernando <laughs> but it's I'm really curious as to where this conversation goes from here because there's no way it can stop. There's no way it can just stop and we just kind of let it, you know, lull itself out. I actually was like, like contemplating like the the positives of it. Right. So when I heard the news, I went to an optimistic place initially because they, you know, they broke the news during the the Man U game. Oh, I was 180. I was in the worst place possible. I I was just (laughs) sitting there and I was like, huh, well, well, Clearly, that's in in place of the Champions League, and the Champions League is you know where it is. I was like, so there's gonna be more high level games every other week. Okay, the Premier League's still going on. Okay, how boring would that have gotten though? Yeah, it, it probably so, would have got to a place. How so, stale would that have gotten? But, yeah, let's think about this. We always sit here and talk about how Arsenal, Chelsea, or any of the big six teams were always like, haha, gonna be a nil nil draw. So draw. their idea was. Put it in a league that happens a lot more often and play it in like Azerbaijan. Let's play you know it yeah, every week. Yeah. Beautiful. We're, Beautiful. We all went to Manchester United, Real Madrid at the big house. That's what we would have been creating. Yeah. 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 We're we're all plastic fans, like of the like I'm not a plastic fan. I mean, okay, I'm generalizing here, but like here. there's got a great body. There's people that there all of these people, well, not all. I'm generalizing here. Majority of the people that were in that stadium have no ties to the local community, no ties to the history, have no ties. That doesn't mean that they're not fans. Don't get me wrong. Right. But but these aren't the people that these aren't the people that the fans in the communities, in the neighborhoods. These are the people that were being forgotten, dismissed, shoved to the side. And, and the people that are at that stadium, that 109 or 107,000 people that were at that stadium for that one game, that one time, if that was a year, for, like if they did that. If they had the same game happening the next month or the next two weeks or the next week or something like that, it would be a completely different. It'd be a completely different lineup of of different people in Mm -hmm. that stadium. It's WWE and not sports. The spectacle, the spectacle of of English, of European soccer, of European football, entertainment, not sports. Here's the thing, though, Steve. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on you for a second because I I need you to like. Put yourself in the in the the boots of someone who's sitting in Texas right now, thinking like, "Well, am I a fan?" Alex, you've been been to Newcastle plenty of times, right? I've been to Manchester my fa- fair amount of times. I grew up in England. Am I less of a fan or more of a fan than you? Because you keep saying like, "We got to go back to the root, roots of the football." Well, the roots of the football meant you had nothing to do with it. So, like, where do we say it's okay to change, and where do we start? Because that's that's the by real- still incorporating yeah. where you came from. Yeah, you, they dismissed it a hundred percent, not having their say in it. 
in so many different ways, they dismissed that original, the original, that core, the foundation of the house, the fans in this, in the community that that club is built on. That's what was being forgotten and dismissed. I'm not saying that we can't expand on the house. I mean, that's what clubs want to do. They want to build their global brand. I get it. More, more fans, more, more customers, more revenue. I get it. More money. More money. More problems. <laughs> but, but bringing, but, but bringing them in at the cost of, like the core. The house, the house starts. To, if you're trying to add onto the house, but you're taking the foundation underneath it, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna fall apart. I, I think it was most blatantly stated in Tottenham's sort of resignation letter from all of this, saying we should like to thank all those supporters who presented their considered opinions. Again, <laughs> why, fingers why were those torches and pitchforks? Right. Why were those considered opinions not considered right, before right. any of this came to light? That just shows a hundred percent what I think Steve was saying is that managers being put on blast. Like they didn't even know, like all these, all the press coming out and they're like, yo, what do you think about this? Like, how did you, we didn't even, we knew when you knew. So that, that was what I was getting at. So when I was taught, when I was learning about it, right. I assumed at first, I was like, I must've missed this. This must've been in the works. You know what I mean? Mm, And then like, they were progressively like, hang on, this is a big deal. But it wasn't until the post-match interview with Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, who is becoming an absolute mastermind in the media, by the way. (laughs) And they're like asking him about it. And he's like calling it like speculation, but realizing it's not speculation. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I I haven't had a chance to think about the speculation. And he goes, or, or really whatever it is. I just don't know. Yeah. Rightly so. And it was just like, Oh, this is like a coup. This isn't like, all right, this is something that people were trying to just keep under wraps. This is an actual coup. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, et tu brute. Like, this is this is a historical coup where teams are just finding out that their futures are at stake. And I thought it was going to take the players turning down money to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I've, fr- what I've heard is uh, Harry Maguire might have gotten to a bit of an altercation with the owners of uh, Manchester United and oh on slabhead yep but like fair on <laughs> fair play but like i think well, it side was note did you see ed woodward that. one of the sort of owners is uh quitting so i did see that but they're extending him the through snake. the end of the year right right yeah not leaving in disgrace right now <laughs> but allowed to leave and i'm sure we'll have a golden parachute on the way out right he will not be at another game in this country no. Like he will no way those, any of those people can be welcome again. Let the fans back in. Let the fans back in mm-hmm. and lock your doors. Like yeah. you guys so, are in so much trouble. So speaking of the fans though, you know, I was saying, you know, as a Newcastle fan, I was like, you know, hype <laughs> when you hear that the Saudi private investment fund is gonna put right whatever <laughs> unlimited money you, you've your been club. conditioned to be hyped about it you've seen yeah. success elsewhere so you kind of think of your team as always like an abusive relationship you know love hate whatever but are we all just addicted to the abuse you know we had every opportunity to say you know especially for a newcastle example again you know there's been 
all these times where people have wanted Steve Bruce out, they've wanted Mike Ashley out, and it's like, you know, we should boycott the games, we should not go, we shouldn't buy jerseys, you shouldn't do this. And that's happened at every club pretty much everywhere, you know, at some point in time. And yet people still go to the games because we love the club. You know, we still buy the jerseys because we love the players. You know, we still do all this kind of stuff. So we've kind of always shown management that whatever they do, we'll still go out and in a way kind of support it. So, you know, and, and it's the fans that have paid for the success or the lack of success. It's the fans that have made the clubs what they are. They've paid for the players' wages and now they're sort of seen as an irrelevance and an irritant. And are yeah. I mean, I, I think I guess over the past couple How of days, at least from the hurt? from the images I've seen over the you know past couple hours since getting back, is that there this seemed to be a turning point where they said no more. But is it how far will that go? Is this gonna be, I think like Steve saying, you know, it's just the beginning of a conversation and everything, you know. Are, is it going to take fans being outside of the stadiums or in the stadiums again to just absolutely shame, name and shame everybody and anybody involved in their club that decided to make these moves uh, to really, you know, make a pronounced, like, we will not stand for this and things need to change for us, not for you. Yeah. Yeah. The irony of that is it's putting money in their pockets. I was trying to think of like yeah. a well, way that's to the whole thing it. is we keep right. paying for these things. <laughs> I know. So I was trying to think of a way to share with supporters actionable items they could take, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's let's pen and paper <laughs> write a letter. No, that ain't gonna do anything. Yeah. Let's let's boycott games. People won't do it. Yeah. So like for me, what I was going to do is I was going to sit here. I was going to have to unsubscribe from all of Man United's Facebook, Twitter, everything like that. That was what I was going to do, right? Like yeah. I'm not a season ticket holder. And and usually the answer would be to leave the stadium empty. But the stadiums are already empty, which and is why I think them this all happened this. Right <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it's forced them. I think it's what that why they chose to do yeah. it right now, right? Of, like they yeah. saw it as an advantage. Um, and for me, it was just like, if you go and speak your mind, yeah. great. That's a good sign. But the irony is you need to leave the stadium empty to make your point. And I just don't know that I trust the likes of like Paul Pogba and all these other superstars to not take the money. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. That's because the, there's a big payday coming from them. They had JP Morgan funding it for five billion dollars, yeah, six billion like something. Like yeah. they were bankrolled, they were good to go. Dozen yeah. uh, Network or whatever it is was signed on for something yeah. ridiculous. You heard like, of that network? Yeah, it <laughs> covers the Italian league. Gotcha. Um, you heard it here first. Um, I, I just, <laughs> it's just to a place where like I'm almost tired of talking about it. I just honestly. There's going to have to be something, some repercussions that come across. I'm hoping it doesn't result in the likes of Man United getting docked points or fine. I think it should still happen. Or anything it should else. still happen. The Why? only reason that they didn't do it was because but the fans were punishing? vocal enough. The club. You're not. The, that's just it. You're punishing the same people we're trying to protect. You've lost me. If you're, if you're docking points and you're punishing – I'm going to take Man United because it's easy for me to talk about them, right? If you punish Manchester United as a club, right, 
we we didn't want this to happen. It's not happening. Your punt. The people that suffer are not the people that made the decision for this to happen. The players and coaches didn't know about it. The fans didn't know about it. The fans didn't want it to happen. And then a club makes a decision like this, and they're supposed to get, you know, a, a fine might make sense, right? But if you dock points and punish the team to the point that it's not, it, it's substantial. The fans that are the ones that won this back for UEFA and FIFA are the ones that need to be thanked. And you don't thank them by taking away their team. And that that's where it's going to be really challenging to see what happens next. Because I don't think it's fair to the fans of Liverpool, the fans of Manchester United. Man City doesn't have fans. Um, and the fans of the other teams to, to really just be like, hey, guys, thank you for uh, making sure this didn't happen. You guys are grounded. Right? Like... It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. There's got to be something, though. It can't just there be has a to be repercussions. Like, your kid just back. your kid just threatened to run away from home with your entire life savings to Qatar with his other rich friends, right? Yeah. And then so let's let's pause on that. Your kid's brother told you about it, prevented it from happening, didn't want it to happen. He's in trouble. No, that's the, what the, happens the kid, with the fans. The, the kid is trouble. the owners, not the club. The kid is the owners of the clubs that are looking for money. So are you saying there should be no repercussions at all, that we should just welcome them back into the domestic leagues like it just never happened? you have to for the clubs or you're, they're going to get what they want. They're, you're going to have to for the clubs. You can say, hey, owners of these clubs, you have 12 months to find new owners. You can say you are no longer welcome in our – you can get rid of ownership. You can sanction the owners. You cannot punish the clubs for this. The clubs are the ones that fought to get it back. The players are the ones that fought back. The fans are the ones that did that. And if you punish them, you're going to give them fuel to join their owners and be like, all right, I guess this is a better payday anyway. Let's go. That's what's going to happen if you don't take it, if you take it out on the teams and you don't take it out on the individuals. So like for me, it's a criminal investigation on the owners of the clubs not on the clubs themselves. It's not like they they impacted any of the leagues this year. It's not like the players cheated. It's not like the teams did anything to benefit themselves this season. They didn't actually do anything, but the clubs' owners made decisions that negatively impacted the players. I don't know how you did it, but uh, okay. You th- I think you've changed my mind. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm open to it. Yeah. I, and I think because the, the clubs didn't know, like, like I bet you all the staff in those clubs, like all, you know, the, the, the physios, the chefs, Not the, the, the groundskeepers, those guys the, knew <laughs> the, the players, <laughs> the, 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 even the coach, even the coaches themselves, it seems genuinely as if nobody knew about it. It was the people in charge. But again, what's it going to take? Is it going to be, is it going to have to be people with, you know, for the visual pitchforks outside, you know, of the offices, you know, making it clear that this won't stand and we want you out. You know, how do you maybe a new like domestic league, like a domestic? I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, hmm. but maybe the repercussions is the the clubs have to be owned. These owners have to give up majority of the ownership of these clubs to the fans, to supporters groups, whatever the like, it's not, it's not directly. 
it's not affecting the club's status in terms of like league position, uh, immediate finances, uh, whatever have you not, but it, it punishes more so the owners in the sense that they don't, we're taking back some of the reins, taking back some of the power and putting it more back into the fans' hands. Maybe that's something. Or maybe we have a deadline for a, a, a conversation of these concrete topics that absolutely 100% need to be addressed with FIFA, UEFA, with everybody involved. This needs to be addressed right now. That maybe this, I don't know if that's a Agreed. proper repercussion, but it needs to be, a, yeah. it needs to happen. And it needs, it needs to happen. You got to think the 12 quick. teams that were involved are, if you kick all of them out of all major tournaments, what's that going to do to viewership? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a separate issue, but like, I'm just mad, Ben. All right. Just let me be mad. We're all mad. We got our pitchforks out, but not Celtic. I think Celtic should probably have a three season ban for their poor performance this year. Um, so let's let's change the chop top, top a little respond. bit to something well, hold a little on. bit. <laughs> here's a, here's nope. here's a uh, a transition, if you will. We'll get into Premier Caveat. League talk. So Chelsea drew Brighton and Hove Albion to yeah. go fourth in the Premier League. Oh. So they're now in a Champions League spot <laughs> at a time when they're, they were one of these six clubs. <laughs> so they're, they're in fourth place right now. They're in yeah. fourth place right now with a nil-nil draw. So again, then, uh, let's put that team in a league uh, with other teams that like to have nil-nil draws. That would be beautiful. Uh, but yeah, with Chelsea <laughs> get positioned for Europe and they're like, hang on, we don't need the Super League. We're good. Right. We're good. Pull out. Pull out. <laughs> right, right. Abort. <laughs> So that race for fourth place, though, is uh, just, well, I mean, really third through whatever. Yeah, dude, place th- I mean, third place open. is one point ahead, and, and ain't, no, ain't no way that Leicester aren't looking over their shoulders right now. Yeah, yeah, they do have that game in hand. But, Ben, what are you, you're, you're eight points behind City? I'm going to ask you every time, yeah. is it is it time to give City the trophy, or is or is it time to start hoping? I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go this way. If City lose – so. The, if, dude, this is the game they okay. could Okay. Okay. I, I okay. Some contingencies. Okay. This is the game they could lose though. Right? If if on Wednesday the 21st they lose to Villa. It's on. I'm just saying it. If they lose to Villa, it's on. If they draw to Villa, I'm still on the fence. If they win, it's over. That's that's it for me because I think you narrow the the gap if they lose to like really it's going to be was that five points and then all of a sudden there's maybe one or two other games that could get interesting i think the pressure starts to mount you throw this crap in the mix and i think it's back on but city should by all means beat aston villa hands down right so like let's say when you're listening to this city have already beaten villa yeah congrats i was right but if uh villa have won called it game back on so for me it all it really does come down to this game on Wednesday, the 21st of city against Villa. One of the last things I want to talk about the topic of this European super league. And then I swear we'll dismiss it. We will, we'll move past it. I, I think I have voiced this. I know to friends, I I believe to you guys as well, that has, hold up, hold up, hold up. up. Yes. You are also friends. Thank you. Carry on. You, (laughs) I knew it was coming. (laughs) Hasn't the Champions League itself gotten boring with with 
the lack of representation of clubs that aren't outside that are outside, you know, like the big, the, the, the big five leagues, you don't have representation from teams in Scotland. You don't have representation from teams in everywhere else. That's not France, Germany, England, or Spain. Hasn't that gotten boring in itself? It's like, I swear you see Real Madrid versus city or Real Madrid versus Roma. I swear. I see that like every year. It's the same team saying that playing the same teams over and over and over. And it's just gotten boring because there's no way that the the Celtics and the other teams like that can get in. And these deluded guys wanted that to be weekly. Right. And like they as, thought that that would be that's, they thought a that's viewership ratings want. gold. <laughs> right. As, that's what they want. <laughs> as a friend, Steve, now that you've, you've clarified that for the listeners, I think it's time that we tell you that Celtic just aren't at that caliber. They're not at that caliber because UEFA have made it so. They have excluded and continued to shun inch by inch these peripheral teams outside and just made it and just put more and more hurdles in front of them to get back into the Champions League, more and more hurdles and given more birth spots to, to, to England and all these other dominant, these, these bigger leagues for these headline fixtures, thinking that that's what the people want. That's what sells. And yeah, it is nice when those things happen organically. Like when Liverpool haven't played Juventus in five years, 10 years, it's like, Oh yeah. Do you remember the last time that this like, like, Let's go. This is the time to like, you know what I mean? Doing that every year, let alone every week. I I couldn't imagine how boring that would get. And I think that that needs to be addressed in like, in this, this, this addressing of the champions league and the structuring of the champions league revenue, whatever is the qualification. Like we need to bring that back. Remember when the European cup pre champions league, the European cup was the champions of each domestic league in Europe. Mm-hmm. When you had champion, when you had champions in the European Cup, Feyenoord, Nottingham Forest, Celtic, Aston Villa. That whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't need Villa back. Come on. <laughs> but like, how spicy would that make things? You know what I'm saying? You're like twelve nil against anyone, any of those teams we're currently playing. But I hear your point. Okay. The point is much more along the lines of like the with the tradition comes the authenticity of a real real culture around football and we cannot jeopardize that to money grabs like thank you completely agree that being said um how come celtic don't have a coach for the record uh celtic season is officially over the only chance of trophy or silverware that we had which was the defending of the scottish cup we threw that away to uh a dismal rangers side um Celtic te- should start a league called the Less Super League and win that every year. <laughs> it was just poor tactics all around. Laxalt was hauled off at, at halftime. Greg Taylor comes on. Uh, so many mainstay players like Christopher Ayer, Scott Brown, Ryan Christie. So many players that are just mainstays in the starting 11 on week on a week and week. It They've just been underperforming. And... It, I, when you watch the game on Sunday, that's, that's insane to believe that that was Sunday. It feels like last year after everything that's happened. But, I mean, Adzwan Edward up front looked like he wanted to be anywhere but Glasgow. There were so many players that just had 
looked like they could be, they couldn't be bothered with playing. It didn't mean anything to them. And it's just, it was, a, it was a, def, it was just a deflating, a deflating loss. Cause you knew that this was Scott Brown's last old firm. You knew that this was our last chance at, tro- at a trophy. You knew that this was the last chance to salvage something, some sort of saving face, something. And we just rolled over. On the flip side, some good that's coming of it, I guess, uh, is that interim manager John Kennedy is, 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 is talking about bringing in some, uh, res- resting some of those players. Um, the heir to Scott Brown, uh, Soro, as uh, a, a tenacious uh, cover every blade of grass holding midfielder. Uh, he's he's been he's been tipped to get the start against Aberdeen and a lot of other players as well. So that's that, that is promising. That's good to hear. But yes, the elephant in the room. We still don't know what direction we're heading in in terms of management. Eddie, all of these rec- all of these reports of Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe. Howe <laughs> I don't know. I, I everything's quiet. Everything's quiet. Every news source, hail, 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 sixty-seven. Every single Celtic news source, and Celtic news sources, you would imagine, would be grasping every single straw that they could within reach, and maybe even out of reach, trying to 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 nail someone down as to who is going to be taking the hot seat at Paradise. But mum's the word. Mum is the word. I mean, we're just everyone's kind of talking about, you know, I mean, uh, the transition for, uh, to Dominic Mackay, who comes in from, I forget which rugby organization, but he held a high place in, in a rugby tournament competition. Apologies for not knowing the exact details as to where that was from, but he comes in now as the new, I believe, director of football. Uh, we have a, uh, the new CEO as well coming in, transitioning uh the summer as well so i mean those are these are promising moves but we need the we need the cover we need the uh you need a coach we need Let's a coach you need a coach. we need a coach i think that's interesting that's interesting i guess eddie well, howe is 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 currently doing sort of tv or at least internet tv Pun, like punditry yeah and uh, who was it? Is it Celtic? Tim, no, they've never contacted me. Yeah, Tim Sherwood was also in this panel and okay. was basically asked about, we'll get into this as well, Jose Mourinho being fired, so opening up with the Tottenham job. And they said, oh, if you gave somebody the finances to build a big football club, get the structure and a player identities around him and all that kind of stuff, that would be something good for a young up-and-coming manager like Eddie Howe. Hey. And all Eddie did was chuckle. He didn't say anything else. I mean, what else is he supposed to say? With his pinky pinky to his mouth? Right. (laughs) I'm surprised Arteta wasn't like, hey, I'm available. (laughs) Just And I'm surprised you didn't say you were available. I did. They weren't Uh, listening. (laughs) Shouldn't say it loud enough. (laughs) So that's interesting. And then uh, I did send you guys before I left the... uh, the article about uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently he's half semi semi jokingly, I guess, linked with uh, Newcastle. So I don't know. Who is Steve, it? it? It might it might drive a wedge. It's funny though, Steve Bruce. After you know winning, is it funny? Winning winning one game uh, is apparently 
playing to be coached for next season. Like there's talks that he's still. I love Steve Bruce and I hope he wins the Prem. Like (laughs) the little engine that could. (laughs) Like, come on, Steve. That's all right. I was waiting for the head. I was speaking of like wanting for people to win the Prem. Or I was thinking, had those teams been kicked out of the Prem, Big Sam would be like, told you I wouldn't get relegated. (laughs) Big Sam survives. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? Uh, I was that was. Could you imagine Pep, Solskjaer, and whoever's co- Tuchel managing the championship? Like, Jurgen Klopp, like, yeah, you're yeah, Klopp. The- all right, guys. So before before we do, where are they now? I need to just bring you our advert for the week. Um, I've fallen and I can't get up. So our life alert person of the week is actually Ed Woodward. Um, so thank you, life alert. <laughs> Our uh, dire sponsors there again. The life alert player of the week is not a player, but it's Ed Woodward. But no one help him up. The spineless coward. But yeah. he, he let him lay there and then out the door. Yeah. Uh, um, can can so, a can a follow up to that be Jose Mourinho? Uh, he says that he's not done. He'll be at Celtic. <laughs> Wherever he's gonna be, he's not gonna be back in the Premier League ever again. That ship sailed. I could I see him Celtic. going to Newcastle. I could see him going to Newcastle. I could see him going there too, and I could see him crushing it. He's a like Bobby Robson protege. He has <laughs> said before in interviews that he is like a Jordy I am a Bobby Robson protege. <laughs> he, says he's, he says he's like a Jordy at heart. I'm telling you, he said it before. I could There's see no him way any there. big clubs would give him a chance again. He's ruined. He, he can't go back to Chelsea. He can't go to like a city because they have Pep and also United. He can't go. He's just, he's, he's, He's went around the carousel too many times. I feel like he would do well in Newcastle. The Jordy fan base would get behind him, and they would just follow him. I could see him going to Italy. I think Italy suits him. I think the, he, his tactics are similar to the Italian game, and I think uh, a jog to to the to the to the boot country would uh, would do him well. But what do I know? He says that the admiration he has for Newcastle's fans touches his heart. Well, that's Dude, sweet. Is that is that like pillow talk? Like yeah, that that's the sweet thing. I'm in, I'm here for it. I'm yeah. I'm in bed. I'm sure these ready and waiting. Puts Jose. out on the first date. You think Jose like is a kiss on the cheek on the first date, or do you think he just goes for it? I think he's a true gentleman. Doesn't tell. Steve, me. that face you just made made me very concerned for whatever just went through your head. I. <laughs> All right, so Steve Jose Jose Mourinho on a first date. I just. Where does Jose Mourinho go on a first date? Yeah, where does he go? Fish and chips. Like something really like he, just he wants to, to be he wants to show he's relatable. Like he <laughs> wants to show that yeah, I can get, I can be cool. I can do cool things and you know, hip hip, I'm hip. <laughs> All right. We're gonna quickly, swiftly, swift kickly um move into the where are they now? Um our person today is 36 years old and he's a Pisces. 36. Is he still playing? He is. In the press. Has he played the press? Thank you. What you what you guys both skipped over each other there. But we both said the same thing. What did you say? Do they do they play in the prem? Or did sorry, sorry, sorry. Did they play in the prem? They did play in the prem. They also still play in the prem. Do they play for a team in the capital? Of England. That's a geography question that I'm not prepared for. 
I mean, any of the London-based teams is basically what that means. I do not think so. No. Okay. Are they from Europe or from England? They're from England. Oh, okay. So a Pisces British player playing in the Prem. Oh, the player or the club? I'm sorry. The, the player is from Europe, Southeastern Europe, not from England. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. That rules out who I had in my head. You have in your head. I had, uh, for some reason, I had Mark Noble in my head. <laughs> Southeastern Europe. But that's not my guess. That's not my guess. Are they Turkish? Yeah, South- yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. No, they're not. Uh, Alex, you have a map in front of you? Yeah. They're are not they... Nigerian. I think I said that already, but... <laughs> so are they this Greek? Person is... Nope, they are an outside back. And they still play in the Prem. Mm-hmm. Their team... This is a... Is... Oh, don't, don't, that's gonna be, this is going to be a giveaway here. All right, then I'm not going to do it. That's a nice teaser. They're 36. Southeastern Europe, currently playing the Prem. Yep, not in London. I'll give you one more. They play okay. in, um, what was it, the West Midlands or something like that? Okay, okay. Is this uh, West Morgan? No, I'm sorry. Never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Southeast, Southeast Europe. Um, this person was notable for his time at a London-based club. Serbian player. That uh, Yugoslavian. Oof. Don't mix them wow. up. <laughs> it's te- isn't it technically it, that's a weird faux pas thing? But thankfully, this isn't a geography one, nor is it a murder or mystery. Um, but if I go missing, there will be no mystery. Um, trying to think, another, I might need another hint here. So He's this person out- he played for Chelsea. Okay. As an outside back, this isn't. No, he's not. He's Serbian. All right, I think uh, I'm gonna award myself the point here. I think yeah, I, I, I think that's a good I think that's a good move. I'm 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 gasping at straws here, and I don't. The house may have won. <laughs> yeah, um, seriously. So this is Ben Ten. Um, you guys nil. So this person, <laughs> I want to get to the the right page, is Brenislav Ivanovic. He plays for Wigan. He plays for West Brom. Or West Brom. Sorry, he went. Oh, he's totally right. 36. That was a good one. Um, oh, I never would have got there. I don't think I ever nine got there. years, went to uh, Zenit St. Petersburg for yep. a couple of seasons, and now is back at West Brom this year. Uh, played for the Serbian national team from 2005 to 2018. Still playing at 36, and he's actually still looking pretty good. I think he's got a couple years left in him. Man. Alex, would you have gotten that one? I would have never come close. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I think even as you said that he played, uh, if you said maybe West Brom, no, no. hindsight's 2020. Good one. That was a good pick. All right. Uh, The help I've fallen award goes to both of you today. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And the where are they now is the Super League because that is gone. (laughs) Thank God. Never come back. (laughs) Last week, we're all very close, but all very wrong except for one. I don't want to admit to it. Um, but basically I'm looking ahead at the following week. Where are you guys at? What do you think? So you're looking uh, from Friday, April 23rd through Monday, the 26th. 
Yes, sir. I'm looking at that. Well, I'm going to watch the Newcastle Liverpool game. <laughs> I'm not going to put my take right. out on that yet. <laughs> I bet you don't. I bet you watch the second half. Yeah. Let's let's just go on the jet lag rule here. Yeah. You were on California time. That is 4:30 in the morning. Yes. You were going to catch the end of the second half. But I am actually going to go out on a whim here and say Steve Bruce, the Cabbage Patch Kid, puts the puts the nail his his flag in the ground against Liverpool and takes three points over wow, three the, points at Anfield. Yes. He said, "No way, Jose. You're not taking my job." <laughs> yeah, you're not ending this undefeated streak. <laughs> and you will see that meme coming out very soon. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, from the 21st to the 24th, is that right? 23rd to the 6th. <laughs> Good one, Steve. Good one. Hashtag read a book. 23rd to the 26th. So Lester, West Brom, all those ones are not okay. We're not counting them. No. Um Leicester, Everton. I would hope that Everton beats Arsenal. I just want to see these big six teams just get just get wrecked. Right. Right. That's your odd take. Every big six team loses. Just loses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 that if that won, That'd be awesome. if that worked. <laughs> oh my god. Leeds versus uh United. That's a interesting one. No, it's not. It's like Two one Man United, three one Man United. Mm. United, so safe bet. Mm. Bet on Leeds to score first, and Man U to win by one point or more. Okay. Wolves, Burnley. I don't have. Not getting any feelings from there. Where's Big Sam at? Where's Where's he coming in at? Versus Villa. Away at Villa. Tight turnaround from a Thursday to a Sunday, too. Yeah. I um I, my my trash take, my official trash take is gonna be uh is gonna be West Brom Draw Villa on the 25th. Okay. My unofficial trash take is that every one of these big six teams loses loses their it. fixture. I wondered if the players were going to boycott. If the what's are going to boycott? Players were going to. Honestly, the consequences that were coming of being banned from the Champions League, banned from the Euros, banned from the World Cup, there was no doubt things were about to hit the – they had already hit the fan. Things were about to hit another fan in terms of that regard, 100%. There's no way that was going to – yeah. Alex, your trash take? Uh, surprisingly Tottenham doesn't play within this little window here. So 29 year old Ryan Mason will have a little longer to, uh, is, shore- the, is, it the, is it the Carabao cup? Is that the next? Yeah, question? I think that's what he's got. So he's got to shore up his team before may. Um, but I think that Sheffield United have nothing to play for and they're going to be, the, they're going to be the team of the people. And they're going to beat Brighton, and they're going to drag them further away from Newcastle. So Newcastle stays up. That's how I'm going to play that. Sheffield United to beat Brighton. A lot of moving parts here, but yeah. uh, also but the big six to all lose. Hey, hey, hashtag it. 
I'm I'm taking it, but reluctantly, and I'm gonna be upset with you guys when that doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> many of the big six play each other. <laughs> no, so you've uh, got you would have to have Everton beating Arsenal, Newcastle beating Liverpool, West Ham beating Chelsea, and Leeds beating Man United. West Ham could beat Chelsea. I think mm-hmm. Leeds could do United as well. To be honest, I think some of those fixtures are very plausible. But buy me a minute, and I'll tell you. Let me just tell you how much <laughs> what that would do to you. That's pretty funny. I mean, so we could walk away with millions. Oh, and so while you're looking that up, uh, another thing that 29-year-old, can't express that enough, 29-year-old Ryan Mason has to figure out uh, at Tottenham is that Harry Kane is a doubt for the Carolus Cup final because of an ankle injury. The Caribou Cup? Yeah, the Caribou Cup. Because Ben likes to call it the Carolus Cup. <laughs> Ask me why. Ben, why? Because no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, I, we've had a lot of talk about the Super League, but uh, the non Super League, the MLS, did start. So if you care about that, go watch it. We're not going to talk about it. Things are going great, I'm sure. There's only four big six teams playing. Right. How's that make sense? MLS, another one of those leagues that doesn't reward success. Exactly. Yes. What more? Hey, the the big six. Mm-hmm. When when do um, Man City play, and when do what am I looking for? Man City technically well play, play as yeah, of this Crystal recording Palace. play the twenty first. Yeah. Oh, so to, got it. Yeah, but then they okay. don't play again. There's another team missing, so you got. Man City over or losing to Villa, yeah. Arsenal losing to Everton, Liverpool to Newcastle, Chelsea to West Ham, United to Leeds, and you got it, didn't you? Sounds like it. Tottenham, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea. Oh yeah. Well, you don't have Tottenham, so Tottenham losing to Sheffield United on May first. Not Southampton. No, I don't know where that came from. That's tomorrow. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tottenham to Southampton. Yeah. Shit. All right. So I will officially be quitting my job if this happens. Dude. <laughs> so I'm just throwing this out there. The odds are plus 2847911. So just so you guys know, that would win $28,000. <laughs> On how much bet? $10. Amazing. So if you listen to Steve and Alex's big six to tank, we will uh, pretty pretty much uh, see if uh, there's a retirement fund going. But yeah, don't listen to that. That's a bad idea. Um, to recap, the real trash tanks was Newcastle to beat Liverpool. Nope. Sheffield to beat Danny World Class, Welbeck, and Brighton. <laughs> and... Who did you say to draw? Villa? Drew today against Chelsea. West Brom and Villa. So I inception Steve. Yeah. I got him with West Brom with uh, where are they now? And now he's <laughs> thinking that they're going to beat Aston Villa or draw Aston Villa. So draw. They're going to draw. draw. It'll be a, a gentle draw. All right. So there it is. You heard it here. A gentle 5-5 five, five draw. Yeah. Start your retirement <laughs> funds now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a 401k? No, I listen to Swift Kicks podcast. <laughs>
and do I got the super sorry, link. What? Do they do they do they match up to what percent? <laughs> they do not. <laughs> Hashtag super league sucks. That'll get you at least twenty eight thousand dollars, guaranteed, or your so money impressive. back. <laughs> Can I pay you in dump? Well, I feel better after after talking about all this. Uh, yesterday had me. I was shaking. I was missing meals. I had my hood up all day. It was, it was, it was a dark time. So I'm just gonna put a disclaimer out there. Steve really needs help. Uh, you can Steve's help beer fund. Please beer refund. Fund. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's beer fund has run out, and now we are dealing with the repercussions of it. Before we even started this podcast today, I was shaking in my chair, like just thinking about just but i feel better now thanks guys yeah i, I mean, think uh, you owe me uh, money but yeah <laughs> let's get you'll those get fans the, get the te- back yeah, in stadiums and just yelling and putting flags out telling people what's what put the power in the people's hands that's great that's my so guys that's, that's my a message bo- it's a boot that it's a boot that time a boot our Canadian listener, uh, <laughs> not 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 plural. It's pretty pretty cold up there. It's a boot time for us to wrap up this call, eh? Um, I think first and foremost, this is a sport for the people. Um, make sure you enjoy it while you can, because who knows how long it'll be before the sport is not what it was today. Don't take it for granted. And the minute you get a chance to go see some lower level football, go give those lower level teams your money. Support local football. Yep. I'm actually uh, starting a trend on Twitter. It's trending. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. There's like one like. Um, but basically, buy a lower level team's jersey this week. That's that's my plans for you guys or my hopes for you guys. But on top of that, if you have not liked, subscribed, and elbow dropped that like and share button, whatever it is, uh, you're dead to me. So, on that note, TTYL, love you, bye.